If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Eurogamer Newscast. And this week we're talking about the exit of Jim Ryan from PlayStation and also the, uh, as we record this, breaking news that Hyenas has been cancelled by publisher Sega with la- with layoffs at the studio creative assembly expected. It's been a busy 24 hours um, for news. Jim Ryan leaving PlayStation feels like a bit of an end of an era. Here to discuss all of that and more, it's the Eurogamer news team. We've got Ed Nightingale. Hello. Victoria Kennedy. Hello. Liv Nunn. Hello. And I'm Tom Phillips. So we got the news last night as we record this uh, Thursday lunchtime that Jim Ryan, president, um, global boss of PlayStation, was going to step down. Um, his tenure ends at the beginning of next year after four, five-ish years in the job at the top. But he's been with PlayStation for a lot longer. Yeah. Um, several decades, in fact, in which he has shepherded the company, I would say, to a very strong place. Would you all agree? Like, PlayStation right now seemingly is uh, almost insurmountable. As the yeah, leader. I was uh, ahead of recording this, I was looking through his sort of CV equivalent resume and I was thinking, God, like he's done, you know, acquisitions, he's had the PS5 launch, he's had just expansions into like PC gaming, which seems to be more since his takeover of the head job. So, I mean, it's definitely, he's he's definitely brought in quite an impressive era of PlayStation, I think, and Sony games. Yeah. The last few years have been you know, really, really strong for PlayStation. PS5 is now by far and away the the market leader. I think Xbox sort of knows that it's not going to catch PlayStation this generation after a poor one last generation. Um, do you do you all feel that PS5 has really landed this gen, or is it just sort of riding off the fact that Xbox One lost the previous generation? going to say that I think it has landed. It's now sold in excess of 40 million and we've had some, I mean, I'll quickly clarify this, I am a fan of both consoles, but PlayStation has had some amazing exclusives. You've had God of War Ragnarok, there's been the, well, the re-release of The Last of Us Part 1 on PS5, there's been Rift Apart, Horizon Forbidden West, like there's a huge catalogue of really great PS5 games out there. Yeah, I think Sony have made some good choices and I think they're definitely 
in a very solid position and, and deservedly so. But I guess I'll play Davos Advocate a little bit and say I I don't think Microsoft have made... Well, not that Microsoft haven't made the, the right decisions, but I feel like Microsoft actually are a bit more forward-looking than Sony sometimes. Um, I think when it comes to things like Game Pass, pushing things like diversity and sustainability, um, uh, you know, they're pushing for, for a digital potentially console uh, in future and already have with Series S um, as much as Sony also had their digital PS5. But I feel like Microsoft are sort of trying to push the boundaries a bit more and maybe the market is not quite there yet. Whereas Sony is a bit more of a conservative company, not quite as conservative as Nintendo, but a bit more conservative than, than Microsoft is. And maybe they've sort of struck the right balance of being in the middle somewhere of, appealing to uh, appealing to consumers and to fans but pushing the boundary just enough to to stay ahead of the competition maybe i feel like they've made um the idea of playstation this generation solidify even more around what it does best and i think what most people would agree that it does better than xbox which is these big big launches several times a year where you get a massive blockbuster come out it's on the side of buses you see adverts for it on the tv and everyone knows this is the playstation game for this quarter you know spider-man coming up Mm. horizon earlier this year god of war the last of us whenever we get another one of those these are massive massive franchises now the last of us dominating tv as well and Sony has doubled down on that. I think this generation really making that its core attraction. Whereas Xbox has Game Pass, which is a completely different proposition. And I think that it's really interesting to see those two different propositions sort of playing out in terms of what each company thinks is what it should be selling to players. And I think Mm -hmm. Sony has done a good job of that. I don't think all of its games are you know, absolutely top tier. We can argue about Horizon maybe, but I don't want to... <laughs> I'm ready, don't get into that. I'm ready. Don't get into Bring that. it. <laughs> um, but I think it's, I think it's a, a proposition that is attractive to players who do look to these big tentpole releases and think, why should I own a PlayStation instead of an Xbox? And then, of course, there's the fact that a lot of people bought a PS5 because they bought a PS4 and didn't buy an Xbox One because Sony did so well last generation and has carried that momentum forward. I guess one thing that we've seen in Jim Ryan's tenure and also the same sort of era in in Microsoft is acquisitions. You mentioned this, Victoria. And the big one, of course, is Bungie that Sony Mm. snapped up. Have we seen much fruit from that acquisition yet? What sort of, what do you think when Jim Ryan was like signing the check? Do you think he's sort of happy with what he's got for his money from them? I think with Bungie, a lot of that um, sort of studio power is also going in. The, you know, I know Bungie's obviously helping with like the Last of Us multiplayer game, which is yet to materialize. So I think from that acquisition point of view, I also think it's not so much the games. I know it obviously will have games under its banner now, but from that one, I think it's also the talent that came with it. So I think that was quite a clever acquisition from that point if they do want to get more into that multiplayer, um, you know, Destiny-esque live service game collection in the future. 
if that yeah. makes sense. I realise I phrased that really, really badly. In my head, it sounded intelligent. <laughs> it's not all about marathon. That's, yes, that's bad. I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I do worry that they maybe haven't capitalised enough on that acquisition yet. Um, Jim Ryan was saying, you know, it was about a year and a half ago now when they started PS Plus, that he felt that the future was in live service games and not in subscriptions. And, you know, they've announced that there were 10 live service games coming, but then we haven't really heard much about any of them. The Last of Us one is the obvious one, and it seems like that keeps getting pushed back. That's been Maybe stalled. that's in trouble. Yeah. Um, and we've seen other live service games sort of come and go from other companies. I don't know if he was right to say that live service games are more important than subscriptions, considering nothing's really materialized from that. And PS Plus seems to be doing pretty well. And people generally seem to see the benefits of Game Pass for Microsoft. Um, mm. I don't know if he was necessarily right in in that decision. And and it feels like I agree with Victoria. Like I think it's a talent and a tech thing as to why they got Bungie, but not a lot on the surface, at least, seems to have materialised from that. See, when you said the acquisition, that's the big one. My house, uh, my mind went to Housemark with Returnal. That was actually where my mind went. I think that was a good acquisition from Sony. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure that was under his leadership. Yeah, it was. That was quite a recent one. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good idea to bring that sort of team in in house. You can fund their development, and also it stops them from wanting to put Returnal on Xbox if Microsoft comes along with its checkbook saying, "Would you like to put this on Game Pass?" <laughs> I also wish they did more of that because Returnal, I think, is probably the most exciting exclusive that the PS5 has. Like, mm. it, we've talked about you know Spider Man and Horizon and God of War, and they're all very good, very solid games, but they're also very safe games that, yes, will bring in money, but they're not that original or fresh. And Returnal is blimmin' hard, but it is a really exciting game that is different to anything else in the catalogue. Um, so I think that they should be investing in more of those sorts of studios and not just relying on the safety of known names. Yeah. When you look at uh, Jim's reasons for leaving, uh, Liv, do you want to take us through those? And how do you feel about them? You know, is this does it make sense to you? Well, he stated that it's he's finding it difficult to. Um balance working in America and living in Europe and he's probably spending a lot of time in Japan as well or at least having to work I guess with Japan time zones um you know that's fair I can understand where he's coming from particularly if you know maybe you've like you're older and you've got kids and they've got kids and you want to spend time with them yeah I can't imagine this being a totally chilled out job (laughs) It's because you called Jim Ryan old or older, and I was just thinking, wow, yeah, he's he's been around for a while. I mean, I work just from home on the planet, but also at at That's Sony. Funny. He's been he's, he's been, been at, at Sony job. for longer than I've been alive. Years. No, what really? <laughs> this is what just shy of thirty he's years. Been, if yeah. he's been there for thirty years, yeah, I think it's twenty eight. That's so still... <laughs> That's cool. Still... <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, 
you about to say you're um, all old. <laughs> I mean, I could also say that if you'd like. If you'd like, you're all old. I'm so. I'm younger than these two, so it's just clearly. <laughs> Moving on from that vomit-inducing anecdote, um, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because obviously the, the decisions that Sony makes in PlayStation within Sony makes are the decisions of a committee of people, a whole bunch of executives and and others. And yet we do sort of gravitate towards these figureheads, I think, as a ways to almost personify these companies that we spend our days thinking and writing about. And so you get people like Phil Spencer for Xbox and Miyamoto for Nintendo and, and Jim Ryan as... No, not sort of a, as much of a creative force, but a very visible public face of mm. Sony. And I think that's why people care when it's the end of that sort of era. And it is funny to look back at some of the stuff that people have noticed or latched onto that has happened with Jim Ryan over the years, such as people following his plane as it flew over to Belgium to talk to... <laughs> the EU about the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition and things like that. Are there any other examples that come to your minds, sort of Jim Ryan antics over the years that people have picked up on? My mind just goes taking his muscles to Brussels. So what you've already said. But... <laughs> he does He does often wear, uh, I wasn't going to say like, they're not revealing shirts, but, um, you know, he does like to undo a couple of buttons, I've noticed, at the top. And then when we used to do live, we used to do live texts of Sony uh, press conferences and things, Martin, Eurogamer's previous editor, um, would make a point of writing out whether Jim Ryan had his shirt tucked or untucked. And sort of the running joke between us was oh this is he's got his shirt tucked in this is a serious one he's taking this one seriously he means business yeah what would a half tuck um, be oh like a french tuck yeah i don't know tuck. oh i'm not sure if jim ryan is aware of the french tuck maybe that's what we'll see from jim ryan that'll be his retirement look playstation yeah. <laughs> it would just be him on a beach with like a really far out expression looking off into the sunset shirt french tucked into his Surf shorts. <laughs> what, what an image. What, what, what an image. What an image. Maybe. <laughs> you guys aren't wearing surf shorts right now? Definitely not. Um, no, it's autumn <laughs> here now. So, Coincidentally, Martin left uh, to join PlayStation six months ago. And now Jim Ryan is resigning. So obviously those six months with Martin were all Jim Ryan could take. <laughs> It made an impact. <laughs> Ooh, um, can you imagine if Martin becomes the new head? He's in the six months. That was his plan all along. Well, he's going to do the half tuck. He'll do the half tuck shirt. That was his plan all along. He'll do the, he's <laughs> he's weasel his way to the top in six months. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. But it brings us on to talking about <laughs> what might. Who do we think is going to be the new Jim Ryan? Um, Herman. Herman, yeah. Herman Holst, who's currently boss of PlayStation Studios. He's a really good shout, I think. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about sort of these execs becoming more visible, and I feel like 
Herman has definitely been pretty visible since taking that job as as head of PlayStation Studios. So I I sort of see him maybe more than Jim Ryan as the sort of Phil Spencer equivalent um, in a way, because he's a bit more, I guess, behind the creative decisions um, as much as the business ones. But I, yeah, that that I guess seems like an obvious choice. But he also would be a European working out of America and mm. potentially Japan. So, so messy. But then it's a global company, so of course you're going to get that. I think they'd ever yeah. bring someone from like the sort of media, video, TV side, like a seed. Oh, I can't remember his surname. Seed Quasibash. Would he ever move over? Maybe. Absolutely butchered his name. I do apologize, but I know who I mean. Sony, even though it's a Japanese company, it does have a history of hiring international executives. Obviously, before Jim Ryan, you had Andrew House. Um, it doesn't need to be another Brit, but you know, it, it's it's sort of their pattern to pick people who I think they want as sort of an international face of the company, and it seems odd to sort of be a CEO and also need to have this public persona but in the world of video games where so much of the discourse is online and around people who like making memes of people at the top of these companies I think having a public persona already would help someone like Herman um, if he was interested in the job I feel like he's a very good uh, candidate and you're right Ed talking about like the development background I think that that is something that has worked out well in the past for other executives in the same position someone who can eloquently talk about the development side of things as well as just being a straight up business person i think that plays quite well too maybe they'll poach phil <laughs> can you imagine finally get the activision blizzard deal across the finishing line and then he'd be like well i'm off to sony yeah. <laughs> it's been a ride <laughs> mm. i mean what a joke, but what's the likelihood of them going for someone outside rather than promoting internally? Because have all the previous CEOs been internal and worked upwards? Would they want someone external with some fresh ideas? Do they need someone external with fresh ideas when they're currently, you know, they're on a decent course, I would say? Arguably not. I think for a Without wanting to generalize, I think a company like Sony would probably want to have someone at the top who already has a very good working knowledge of the business. So I would put a lot of money on it being an internal hire, whether that's Herman or, or someone maybe that we just aren't as familiar with. What um, about the, uh, the person who's going to be doing the interim um, sort of cover, cover, work cover? Totoki, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting with that, that they are making clear that it's interim and there was a similar situation where there was someone who was a bit of an interim leader between Andrew House and Jim Ryan. And that was someone um, from the Japanese side of the business that they just put in to have a hand on the wheel while they looked. Um, but the fact that they are, they are saying it's an interim position, I think means that that person, Totoki, is, is probably just there is a bit of a caretaker. Mm. What I understand is that he's higher up in the hierarchy. So it's kind of just gone up a level for him to just oversee it. But then he'll then be in charge of whoever is, is hired. Uh. 
So it's not like it's passed to somebody else. It's like they've just gone upwards as a sort of interim. I see. Hmm. Any more memories of Jim Ryan before we move on? I, uh, I, I, I mean, most recently, top of mind is his stuff talking about the Activision Blizzard acquisition for me, um, and the stuff about Starfield. Him saying, "I don't like it, but it's not anti-competitive." I think that's the thing is that that acquisition has just been such a huge deal for for the whole industry that it has forced people to be more vocal and to take sides. And of course he was going to take the side of Sony and be against it. Um, like I saw someone online or a couple of comments online saying, you know, well, he didn't win the case. So that's why he's leaving. And I'm like, well, it's, it's not like it's a general election that you have to leave if you don't. Yeah. Win. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I'm sure that that's probably, it, that, I'm sure that's tired him out quite a bit being involved in that. And I think that, he he's been very vocal around that and has had a lot of opinions around it, um, and that's probably had a bit of an impact, I would imagine, on on his tenure. Oh gosh, yeah, and it's probably what we'll remember him for. Very mentally exhausting for everyone involved, I imagine. I mean, I'd probably retire after that. <laughs> Now's probably a good time as well. I think for him, PlayStation Five has been an undeniable success. Um, the mid-gen refresh for the console plans will be very much in motion already and the suggestion that's out there on the internet is that we will see uh, a redesigned playstation 5 coming um, which will be cheaper for playstation and it will have an optional disk drive getting around that whole issue that we were talking about very recently with xbox's leaked designs which seem to suggest that at least back when those plans were drawn up um, a little while back that they were going to get rid of discs. But like all of that will be in motion. 2028, which is when Microsoft is going to launch a new Xbox, is probably around the same time that Sony will launch PS6. That's still far enough off that a new person can be installed and have a hand steering the company towards that, but be able to get in early enough in that process that it's not, you know... Like now feels a good time. We're, we're, it's strange to feel, but we're sort of approaching the middle of this generation of consoles. So I feel like Jim was probably thinking, you know, it's now or it may not be for a, a few more years if I start getting involved in too many meetings about PlayStation 6. Do we think that a new CEO is going to bring a lot of change in the future? Or is it that Sony's quite conservative and will probably stick with the plan? You know, I don't know how much power a new CEO can come in and say, right, we're going to start having exclusives day one on PS Plus and, or just go against what Jim's been saying for the last couple of years. So it's kind of like what you said at the start, you know, Sony has been conservative and they've got a plan that is working for them. They've got these, you know, safe but very impressive games that have been coming out. They do have their PS Plus subscription service, which... You know, we, we've seen that Microsoft obviously do more often have their day one releases and things. And like they had, you know, obviously Starfield, they had that on Game Pass, etc. But also Microsoft has also said that, you know, that doesn't really make them money. So, I mean, I think the PlayStation as it stands now is safe, but also effective. But then maybe a change, I don't know, change is worth a shot, maybe? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think that's 
probably where I would say that they're thinking. That said, yeah, people bring in their own emphasis and each CEO, I'm sure, has their own projects that they're really excited about and likely to champion. I don't think PlayStation really needs to do much at the moment. They're making consoles that are flying off the shelves. They've got IP, which is breaking out into the mainstream. They seem to have a fairly good product pipeline. I'm I'm keen to see releases from the studios that they've acquired. I think what will be really interesting is what they do with the next gen of consoles in 2028. Do they like how do they navigate? physical media and cloud games and subscription services becoming more and more prevalent. Um, that's another big thing from Jim's reign, like the redesign of PlayStation Plus. I think smart, smart move. Xbox has sort of copied the move from PlayStation. Uh, uh, what was the name of it? The, the, the Games of Gold equivalent. Was it just PlayStation Plus? Yeah, that's what PlayStation Plus was. Um, and now that has become the essential essential that's the word which xbox has now copied with um moving games of gold to game pass core yes and it's like that's it's the same thing it's a small catalog of games so i think yeah sony's moves there have been smart Hmm. well jim ryan uh i think everyone here would probably rate his tenure of service pretty positively. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. He's had some he's had some downs. Um but overall there's no denying that PlayStation is in a very, very good place at the moment. I think what I'm taking most from his uh, tenure is the move to bring games to PC because I think that's something that PlayStation was missing. So I love seeing the more PC games coming since his so say since his rule makes it sound like some kind of leader king. But you know what I mean? I, I think that's been a really good move for PlayStation. And I'm sure that he had some hand in making that happen. What do you reckon, Liv? Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Five stars. <laughs> I was wondering why we was gonna <laughs> when we were gonna get to the star the star system. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I have to agree with what um you said earlier. Don't if it's not broke, there's no need to fix it. That's very, that is a very um, common attitude in software development. So it's very apt. That kind of that would also be their sort of uh, way of thinking going forwards. Cool. Well, thank you, Jim Ryan, for your service. We look forward to seeing whatever you do next. And I think you've earned a bit of a break. With your half tuck shirt and your beach shorts. Yep. <laughs> Talking of things leaving PlayStation uh, and indeed the industry, it's the sad news today that Hyenas has been cancelled, which was a real shock. Um, I mean, there was some signs that development was troubled, but I don't think any of us here expected Sega to quite so... I don't know, brutally is the word that we were talking about earlier. Just pull the plug. Um, it's I'm, yeah. a big surprise. 
so surprised, especially given the game was just recently at Gamescom. Like they've been showing it recently. It's obviously playable. Like it's just to have that rug completely whipped out from underneath the team's feet. I mean, I don't know how much uh, Notice Creative Assembly had. I, I don't know the ins and outs of all that, but I'm very surprised that they're not at least going to give it a shot and then maybe retire it after I know, a year or something. I believe that they were told at the same time that it was made public that Creative Assembly did not have any prior warning that this was going to be announced today. I mean, that's a real gut punch, isn't it? That's just awful for everyone who has been working on it. So I'm very surprised by this news. It's just so late in the day. Like, it's been, How long has it been in development? Like a good few years. So to be this far along, you're basically at the finish line just to have you know, the, the plug pulled out at the very last minute um you know is what's what's the benefit of that as opposed to at least put you know putting it out there and seeing what happens even if it is a bit of a flop um is that better than than just not even giving it a chance right from the beginning it feels like a massive waste of resources doesn't it to not even give it a mm. chance no, it reminds me a know, lot of other the things have flopped, but we've all oh the film the, the batgirl situation yeah yeah. I think you're bang on, Liv. I think that it's corporations looking at costs over time and deciding now is the time, even with money spent, resources sunk into it, that over time you're never going to get back the money that you've already put in and, in fact, that you are just going to continue spending money to try and make something... In a marginal success and to write it off is probably better for your financial balance sheet rather than to keep it there as an ongoing concern. And yeah, Batgirl, exactly that. And you've seen other streaming services do the same just to make its finances look better. Um, which is, is a horrible thing to say when you're talking about a situation which is now put jobs at risk and it's very likely that people will be out of work because of this decision because there is this team there that was planning to not only launch this game but run it over time as a live service and i think that probably was a factor for sony as uh, for sega as well that um this game it's it the fact that it was going to be running as a live service probably counted against it so it's not just as easy as well basically like let's just press what we've made so far onto a disc and send it out it's to make this game actually succeed you can't just do that it needs to have continued updates and and there was that stuff about it having licensed loot in it which was sort of a play at almost like the Fortnite audience of you know, you keep the game interesting by bringing in brands and doing collaborations and crossovers. And and if there's zero interest in the product among sponsors, then that's a big part of your financial expectations for the game reduced too. let alone, you know, players not coming in. It's, well, we were expecting Nike to be involved or um, Disney to do a collaboration where people were trying to, run around and find Darth Vader's helmet. If those brands aren't interested, then 
that's a whole other revenue stream that suddenly, you know, they're like, okay. I was just thinking about that because from sort of reading your, you know, the write-up you've done and other ones on the site, it seems like the licensed items was quite a big part of that. Although I hadn't realized it was necessarily outside. I was thinking, oh, is it, is it all Sega licenses? Because I know that there were sort of Sonic figurines and stuff. And I guess there wouldn't be a licensing problem with that because that's Sega owned. But if it is outside licenses that, like you say, have, have they run out? Has it taken too long? Or were they not interested or whatever? Like, I can imagine that that would have a big impact on the decision to to end it. Yeah, there was it was outside stuff. Even in the Gamescom build that I played, there were like there was Atari bits and things, oh. and uh, they obviously had plans to do a lot more there. So it's it's not just this game probably won't make money from people coming in. It's also that we had expectations that it was gonna bring in loads of brand deals which were lucrative which i just i i I think that they were probably very realistic in looking at it and thinking it's just not going to happen as as horrible as that is for people affected by it even if it's realistic i hate the way they've approached it yeah Mm. it's very sudden and if Mm. the people involved didn't even know about it and haven't been warned beforehand yeah you know that if they they're literally reading it from a from a press release from Japan from the other side of the world, sort of in the early hours of the morning, it's not the kindest of uh, methods. No. No. Um. Yeah. The situation is that there are people now uh, advertising their skills on places like LinkedIn. So I think the the writing is on the wall uh, for the scale of the um, impact that this will have on the studio. This is people from all parts of, you know, development. I, I don't think the suggestion is that it's just going to be one particular part of the studio affected. I think that this is something that's going to impact everybody who worked on the game in, in some way. So what else is Creative uh, Assembly working on at the moment? Well, the main thing that they do is obviously Total War. Um, yeah. And there's, there isn't a suggestion that the people who work on Total War are affected by this. There, there was a separate team within Creative Assembly that was building um, Hyenas. So it's, it, it seems to be that it's that team that are now sort of going to be unfortunately facing the, the effects of the game's cancellation. And I guess that, that that game is so different, it would be difficult to find those people jobs working on maybe Total War if it's, you know, a different style of game, different skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, like there there is already a team working on Total War exactly. and that will be budgeted and hired for appropriately. You can't simply just add on another 100 people, especially, you know, how game development is. Team sizes grow as the game requires more people as it as it reaches further into development you know you're not just doing pre-production you're also doing production and there's also all the things attached to that and they'll have a live services team that was planning to launch this as an ongoing concern so i would imagine the team is probably as big now as it ever was and that is quite a big group of people that were prepped to launch who now have no game to launch so even if creative assembly was to pick you know pitch another 
project that's not total uh, total war you would then still not have work for all of those people because that project has to start small back in pre-production again to then grow back out so it's a it's a terrible situation mm. yeah i feel like someone should tell a joke because i feel we're all very somber now um i don't know if we should tell a joke but i i do agree it's, it's not a joke about that it's, i should say um <laughs> it is a definite um moment to leave the week on um yeah obviously we wish everyone affected all the best in their um in what happens next uh it's uh really really a shame to see and just a shame to see work that was put together over the course of years not be released into the public you know like i i played that demo at gamescom it it I only had one match with it, so I couldn't really draw too many conclusions. But I, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I understand the gameplay loop and I understand what they're trying to do. There's some fun stuff in there with like zero-G physics, which I was talking to the people who were making that stuff and they were quite pumped by. And it's just a shame to see that that work. Just, I don't know, just sit on a server within Sega somewhere and never see the light of day. I was going to say, I take it that build won't see the light of day at all. Like they won't release just like a little demo taster something snippet just to have something out there there's no needs they're not they're not promoting that's true a game that they're going to launch anymore yeah maybe one day someone will leak it and that will be an interesting thing to go back in and see exactly what it was going to be like I can't think of many other game cancellations that made it this close to release. You know, it was shown publicly at a massive trade show. I think that's the other shocking side of it as well. It's this sort of, you know, it goes back to what you were saying, Liv, about Batgirl. It's that these corporations can just make these make these decisions and then it's like people's creative work just gone out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if any of you guys saw Willow, which was on Disney Plus recently. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. It's not on Disney Plus anymore because it didn't quite hit the viewing figures that they wanted and therefore similar situation to Batgirl to like write it off as something that failed, they removed it from the streaming service. And this series which they spent millions and millions making, you know, it's people's work, it's people's careers, it's just no longer anywhere to watch and view. And that's something that got released. And it's just like, no, we don't care that this this is people's work, this is people's time. It yeah. it, it it's almost it's I hate it. I really hate it. And that's I guess that's the thing with digital media as well, is that you can just stop putting it online. Whereas previously that would have been on a DVD somewhere and there'd be physical copies that at least would be circulating. Yeah. But it, you can very easily just wipe something out digitally. Yeah, and because Disney owns the ecosystem that it's released into, they can do whatever they want. It's not like it was broadcast uh, on BBC and people, you know, were able to record it. I don't know. People don't record stuff off TV anymore, do they? I suppose they do. I suppose you can save stuff to hard drive. Yeah, it was. I'm sure there are places to go watch Willow if you really want to go watch it, but 
uh, nowhere official. And that's a great shame. You know, I watched a few episodes. It wasn't terrible. It was all right. <laughs> My sister watched it. She really loved it. So, and but yeah, I feel for the people involved. I think that's that's the uh, the overriding message. Mm. Well, um, let's leave it there. I know that's a bit of a downbeat place to leave it, but I don't think there's any. I don't think we should try and put a happy smile on what is crappy news. Um, but that's that's the nature of it. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, and hopefully we'll have something uh, a bit more positive to talk about. Maybe Jim Ryan will show off where he's uh, off on holiday at the moment if he's taking a break after the news drops and we'll get to see those surf shorts. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. And if you've made it this far, thanks for watching, listening. Um, Ed, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights. Victoria? I am at Lil Chop Shop Gal. Liv? I am at Just Cast Holy. And I am at Tom Phillips EG. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. See you then. Bye. Bye bye.